Has your favorite team found it difficult to find those wins this year? Well, I've got a week seven for you. Uh, let me steal a quote I found. Even though his old bitch whack is young Hoku, this is the push Hey everybody, welcome to the new episode of the Push Off Podcast, your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last week while it gets you ready for a whole new one. I'm your host, Scott Hogan, and joining us as always, it's... Dan, your most trusted resource on the news of the Gaga... Oh, I was going to say Gaza, but yeah, also Lady Gaga. <laughs> Lady Gaga's dating somebody, she's well, just Lady like showing Ga- up. Lady Gaga's and... romantic situations. I was going to say the news in the Gaza Strip, because that's definitely not what we're talking about today, but uh, I'm I'm a fan of Lady Gaga. Her her uh, acoustic cover of uh, uh, Edge of Glory is fucking amazing. She starts dating uh, Derek Carr, and we flash to her in the stands, <sighs> and becomes a big old bat. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> I mean, they both have that goth aesthetic. It's good. It'd be wonderful. Anyways... We are coming into quite a week, Dan, um, where I'm going to start off with it. Uh, Well, no, let's – yeah, I'll start off with it. Um, We were awful in picks. Oh, Horrendous in picks. Um, I got four games right all weekend, counting Thursday night's Jaguars one that we got. Dan, you got three. (laughs) We did not do good. Yeah. Um, both of us got one opposite each other kind of thing. So like the only one we got, like we picked right on Sunday was the Seahawks beating the Cardinals. Like, woof, you get one of these, I guess, once in a while where everything gets thrown to the wind. But I think there was a week where a lot of things happened. People didn't expect. So we were on a bit of a tear, right? Honestly, we were, we were 10 wins. Like we were 10 correct a week for six straight weeks, basically, you know? Uh, I think I had one weekend where I only got one wrong, you know? Yeah, early was on great. you had a real good week, yeah. This is the reset? <laughs> this is, <laughs> I mean, there's just some shit that happened this weekend where I just didn't, just didn't see it coming. Just couldn't no. possibly imagine that shit happening. Um, before we get into all the games, there was a trade. Kevin Byard's going to the Eagles for uh, Terrell Edmonds, uh, Edmonds, excuse me, um, mm-hmm. going back to the uh, Titans. So that's that's two safeties, but also the Titans are getting some um, some picks too, later round picks. Yeah, I mean, Bayard is a legit pro bowler right now, and Terrell Edmonds is like, eh, fine, you know. Um, I don't know how the fucking Eagles keep making these great trades for high-value guys for like a pretty reasonable cachet of picks. It's yeah. really frustrating. <laughs> You know, yeah. because safety was clearly one of their problems. You know, their secondary has been a bit of an issue. But, yeah, to, to solidify it with a guy like Bayard, it's like, where are the holes on this fucking team? It's really irritating. Bayard has been, I, f- I feel like, a defensive captain for the Titans for many, many years, it feels like. but Oh, yeah, he's been great. He's been up there, at least. Um, so, yeah, this is kind of a surprise move, but um, there's got to be an, there's an age difference there, and you're getting picks or whatever for Titans, so it's a, it's a move to youth. It's a move... 
to younger. But yeah, everybody's saying that the Eagles definitely won out in this spot. It was probably, you know, they're seeing Bayard's contractor position, whatever, coming to an end for Tennessee, who's going to be a big rebuilding setup here. So might as well move on from him. And it just seems like what nobody but the Eagles stepped up and made a move in right in a, the right time or the right stuff, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird because Terrell Edmonds is a former first-round pick, probably shouldn't have been drafted in the first round. Right, I But he's only, he's only 26 or 27 years old. I mean, he's not an old guy, but Byard's only 30. He's got another two, three years of, of okay. top-quality play. Um, the guy is a really, really good safety. Yes. It's, uh, you know, he'll be able to finish out his contract with the Eagles. I mean, he's been... Where'd he God, go to I want to say he's been a defensive it's not Georgia, right? They're not collecting Who? another bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bayard, uh, I would love if they start uh, taking guys from Middle Tennessee State. I think they would really hollow out their <laughs> That's roster. That's Wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and then the other news we got this week is we have an in-season hard knocks. We didn't think we were going mm. to. I, I think we were both... Uh, just assuming no, but the Miami Dolphins are getting it, so that's also a fun one too. Yeah, there was only one in-season hard knocks that I would have preferred, and it was the Lions. Oh, sure. uh, just because I would love to see them come back to Dan Campbell, just fucking crazy, just you know, incensed and five and two. Um, but yeah, this is great. What Mike uh, Mike McDaniel's just been a yeah. fucking nuts all year. He's putting great sound bites out there. I think it's a logical progression. Uh, for HBO to be like, yeah, give me this McDaniels guy. He seems nuts. That's what I'm excited to see, too. I want to see, too, uh, as a leader of the team, how, how vocal is he? Um, all that stuff I'm very interested in. So a midseason hard knocks. I remember this usually goes where we get it, and they'll speed through the half of the beginning of the year, and we get it just like a week after what just happened. So it's pretty current. Yeah, yeah. yeah it'll be like they've been with the Dolphins for weeks. Yeah, that's what it generally means. It means they've been with the Dolphins for a week, collecting like little sound bites here and there, and then they're going to be like, okay, now, now we reveal that in a truncated version, and every week for the last five or six weeks. Plus, it'll be nice we get a opposite of what we got last year of an Arizona Cardinals falling apart, or so you'd assume. <laughs> I sure hope. I don't want. Yeah, I, sure I don't want no Dolphins, but yeah, that's what I assume. Okay, let's head into a week where there were six teams on by. So we got less games to get through, uh, but there is no teams on by next week. It's uh, weird, man. Yeah. I don't remember how they did it last year. I know that was the first year of the 17-game season, the 18 weeks, whatever. Um, so maybe it was like this this year too, but yeah, these, we have this just stop in the middle of the season. There's no uh, foreign games. There's no games overseas this week coming weekend either but everybody plays everybody's on yeah and then for the next three weeks after that there's four teams on by every week four teams okay all right so four we'll teams for the those. next three weeks yeah who the buys are and stuff after that but this week yeah your team's playing hey everybody's on so let's get through it all dan what do you think should be game of the week Ooh, <clears throat> well it can't be the cowboys game Cowboys are on a bye. Yeah, it can't be a Cowboys game. So I, I feel like there's two people that run this podcast, and one of them <laughs> happens to be a Vikings fan. I feel like that would be a pretty appropriate place to start. You're talking about me. Uh, yeah, let's start there. Um, there were some really good games here, and up until Monday night, I was ready to, to put a couple of other ones in there. But 49 <laughs> or 17, Vikings 22. I mean, when will, when will we ever get to? Uh, nobody picked it. 
Hey, Dan, no. who picked this game? Did we pick this uh, one? No, no, but I'm pretty sure it was your mom. No. Um, oh, really? No, my mom didn't pick the Fire Nights either. No, I, I wanted to get into just a, a soundbite of us saying, no, we did not pick this right. Because no, that's what it's going to oh sound God. like all week, or all episode. Um, man, uh, to watch a primetime game where Kirk Cousins put on a show like that, um, to watch a primetime game where we felt like the better team for the entirety of the game other than against a team who could still be considered or was, you know, they're coming off a bad loss, but I still almost consider them the most team in the league because they were yeah, pretty missed, complete. Yeah. Missed a 41 yard field goal the previous week. So there were some injuries. There were some, some holes there. Debo missing Trent Williams missing, but I don't, <clears throat> I don't think I take this away from the Niners. I think this game was a Vikings team playing the best they've played all season, of course, this season, but giving them almost the best game they could possibly give right now with the team that they can build um, because everybody's doing that for the Niners right now. The Niners have been good since last season, mm-hmm. been good straight through. They picked it up right where they left it off with uh, Purdy getting healthy in the over the offseason week one. And I think everybody's like, all right, then I'm focused on these Niners. I know they're going to give me a bit a tough game. So it's it's tough to do it week after week. So I'm not saying the Niners are falling apart, but, man, <laughs> felt good to beat a good team. So I, I will say this. This was the emergence of Jordan Addison. Um, feeling very good about him, you must be. Yes, yeah. Um, I want to get specifics on those players. But, yeah, Addison, 123 yards and two touchdowns and just a coming out game. Um became the the focal point of the offense with JJ out which is awesome and the you know the Chavarius Ward takes the ball from him on uh in the first drive only for him to take it right back right before the half mm-hmm. for that touchdown which is a highlight I've watched constantly <laughs> today yes amazing uh oh, just, just hashtag great redemption just and uh, you don't write it that way I mean that's the uh, the script writers of the NFL bit there, and it's it's funny because like you watch the guy like Jordan Addison, Kirk absolutely just finding him. Like I know he had seven receptions. How many targets did he? I felt like he had fifteen targets. You yeah, know, he was going fun. after him constantly. Yeah, uh, Cousins was stepping into all the passes. He was standing in the pocket for an extra second. There didn't seem to get flustered like sometimes Cousins does, and this is a very good front that the Niners are throwing out there. That wasn't really that banged up. I mean, the linebackers had some points in this game where they they were hampered, but they came back. Warner came back in this game, and so did Greenlaw um, when he wasn't throwing knees into our offensive lineman laying on the ground. There was a clip of that. Um, But anyways, um, the Vikings were always with the lead. Once they got the lead, they always played with it in this game, which was great. The 16-7 to 7 at the half because you miss an extra point. They're still a little bit allergic to momentum, I think. Mm-hmm. And this is another you know game where they played to their competition. The Vikings but their competition their comp- was really good. <laughs> yeah, it turns out that that, that brings up the team. Uh, and did not think a Kirk Cousins primetime game would be 378, two touchdowns, one reception that wasn't his fault. But to no. be honest, the one touchdown should have been an interception, so yeah, it bounces that, out. Yeah, <laughs> it all redemption. comes out in, in the yeah. wash. The redemption. Um, Hawkinson finally held on to catches. There were a lot where like he caught it and got blown up immediately and didn't drop the ball. So I was like, thankfully. And then the other thing, 
early in this game, uh, Bynum shot up from the safety thing and made a nice tackle on McCaffrey. And I texted my brother who we text like constantly throughout the game. I'm like, Bynum's impressed me solidly all season long. And then what does he do? But throw, get two interceptions at the end of this game. Um, the last one to seal it. And I was saying that about Purdy through most of this game, how much he was impressing me. He got the ball out fast. We came with pressure too, and he would get out of the pocket by time or run for time. There was once where um, Murphy's caught between. He's like, Purdy's going to run here, and I've got my guy. He's like, all right, I'm leaving my guy. I'm going to go get Purdy, and Purdy immediately is like, gotcha. Throw it to him first down. So yep. they he played a great game until – I don't know, until it was forced on his shoulders. And I think that's something new for the Niners. It's not something they're very good at yet, playing from behind. I think I got a stat later for that. So it just set up perfectly for a loud Vikings crowd and stuff to win finally at home this year. Yeah, no uh, no appearance by Lewis Seen still. I mean, I know he's been inactive the last few weeks. I mean, we yeah. have three safeties we're playing with constantly, and Lewis Seen's not making the field. Yeah, it's real he, weird. Yeah, he. You know, I, d- I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be a bust or what, because if Harrison Smith doesn't retire, then there's no other spot for his scene to get on the field. Metellus has been great for us, too. So, yeah. I mean, he makes mistakes. Metellus certainly does, but then he comes up with something positive on the other end. It's a, it's um, a bummer to have a guy, you know, get taken with first-round pick and not be contributory, but yeah. it's also kind of nice when you don't need his contribution, so that's pretty cool, too. Right. Yeah, maybe... Maybe he goes on to something else. Maybe they can even move him before something. Um, but, yeah, I don't think Scene's going to be an option for this no. Vikings team moving forward. And it's unfortunate, too, because it was Quasi's, like, first pick as a GM. So, whoops. Yeah. Um, I, I will say, watching this game, though, uh, yeah. Christian McCaffrey, not 100%. Maybe uh, not. Not I hitting mean, the he, holes with alacrity. Okay, but he was in the whole game. He didn't take any yeah. snaps off, and he was getting smacked in all oblique sides that he had. So I was like a little bit like, if this guy's not hurt, he sure ain't showing. I mean, I just thought we had a very good defense against the run. You did, but there's certain moments where you could tell that like he was not bending the way he normally does. Probably. Um, you know, just kind of guarding it. I, I don't think you have another option. I, I mean, I think... He still if, had two TDs. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's still fucking Christian McCaffrey. He's still a pain in the balls. But um, <laughs> I think if you have Debo Samuel... And he was 100% healthy. I don't think Christian McCaffrey plays in this game. Yeah, that could be true. And I think Debo Samuel could have changed it too. Um, however, the Vikings had two drives and at first and goal at the three and the two, and they settled for field goals. So also mm-hmm. could have been very different that way too. Um, this game, before we get to all the others, at least wasn't decided by some real shitty calls too. So yeah. thankfully that. Questionable across the weekend. Um, we don't have to spend any more on it other than to say you know i want to give cousins his due first monday night football win against a team that isn't the chicago bears i know that <laughs> that awful stat of his but dang he had a great night he played he played amazing so Kirk chains and, baby yeah i saw his passes last night were great um we can talk about the Cincinnati Bengals coming off a of bye week, and they're going to San Francisco to play these Niners who are now on a two-game losing skid. Um, but coming back home, I don't know the health of some of these players. Um, I want to say Trent Williams was limited practice through the week. Maybe he wasn't. I don't know if he did practice much. Debo, I think, was talking about that he could miss two weeks, so Debo might not be back. But 
um, Dan, you still picking first. Bengals are, 40, Bengals are 49ers. We got a lot to pick this week. Yeah, this weekend did not help me. Um, but I will say this. I'm Bengals coming off a bye. 49ers reeling and injured is enough for me to take the Bengals. Oof. I'm taking the Bengals with two weeks to basically prepare for this uh, this 49ers team, and you know they have. Um, I sure hope they're healthy. I hope there's no residual Joe Burrow bullshit. Um, but yeah, a healthy Bengals team, like nine times out of 100, I think healthy roster to healthy roster, I'm taking the 49ers, but this week I'm going to take the Bengals. And yeah, Niners looking more human. Um, but like I said, I, do, I think Brock Purdy had a bad fourth quarter, and I don't sure. think... I don't think he had a bad game. I think he can he can put together a good one. I think they need to get their running game going again, and if McCaffrey is banged up, you need to get Mitchell in there more. Maybe they figure that out more. Um, smart coaching staff. The Bengals are a little banged up themselves. They're a little uh, off themselves. I mean, they've, they've won a couple ones, but it hasn't been against the teams that can really excite me yet. So even off this bye, I'll take the Niners to finally get right. They need it, I feel like, almost, just to not have a panic start setting in. Um, That's fair. Even though the Bengals are the ones who are have the worst record. But I'll, I'll go opposite you here. I'll take the Niners. Um, good game, though, right off the bat, I think. A, uh, oh, yeah. Old Super Bowl matchup from the uh, 80s. Um, Packers-Broncos is our next game. Dan, did we pick it right? We did not. We did not. <laughs> we did not. Packers seventeen, Broncos nineteen. Um, didn't I? You know, personally enjoyed watching this one. Love two touchdowns, <laughs> but one interception. His touchdowns, crazy touchdowns. Like the only way, you know, one of them was a tie. Like both guys caught it. The other one was off of one Packers hands into the other one. Um, but the, he didn't do any of that until the second half. It was all uh, Broncos nine nothing at the half with Lutz having four field goals in this game. Um, when the Packers did, though, start getting those touchdowns, they took the lead, 17-16. to 16. Um, <clears throat> But the Broncos kicked the field goal, long pass for an interception late in the game, pretty much seals it, and the Broncos uh, get a win at home. Yeah, they were uh, one missed field goal early in the second half. Um I think that was, weirdly, that was kind of the difference. Yeah. The Packers, uh, when the Packers yeah. missed that field goal and the, the Broncos come right back and answer a uh, short field field goal, that wound up being the difference in the game. I don't think Jordan Love had a bad game. I really don't. Okay. But you can tell the difference between a guy who is elevating the team and a guy who is, like, game managing, and that's where Jordan Love is right now. He's in that Russell Wilson stage of mm-hmm. kind of just being a game manager but Wilson wasn't making a bunch of bad decisions that he's been making. He wasn't trying to win the game. Um, he was trusting his running backs. He was getting McLaughlin and Williams involved. Um, and I think that's probably the answer for the Broncos moving forward. It's Russell Wilson no longer has that game-breaking ability. So you have to lean on the running game. You have to do that because, you know, he, basically everything else from Russell was like just short, intermediate passes. Like the, the long ball is just not there right now. Yeah, no, you're right, and that was what yeah got Russell Wilson's success in Seattle was throwing those rainbows to the wide oh, receivers yeah. who ran under it, and that's not the offense that the Broncos have either. So it is an entirely different thing. Um, yeah, the Broncos are fine. Their defense played what I expected them more to play like this year, this game than yeah. I did, 
than they have in the past kind of thing. Like, I'm like, I don't think they're a stink fest there. They've got players. Um, they moved down from Bradley Chubb and stuff last year, so maybe yeah. just took a little bit to, to fix that. But uh, they are going to lose Kareem Jackson for four games, got suspended yeah. due to his headhunting. Uh, yes, issues. Uh, and this is like a repeated offense four-game suspension thing, right? With, wasn't he had an issue with a penalty previous this year? So he's been fined multiple times this season for um, unnecessary roughness. Okay. Um, this is a 35-year-old man. <laughs> this is like this is one of the few guys in the NFL that are our age. He just must uh, like it. He must like it. He just it. loves it. Yeah. He just fucking loves lighting dudes up. Um, Pat McAfee had a great breakdown of like all of the times this season that he's actually been fined and you know what it was useful for. And of them, this was like the least egregious. But when you start doing that, um, when you start building a reputation yep. as a safety of a guy that will hit you and fucking kill you over the middle, that is something the league is actively trying to do away with. Right. And so when you get a couple of these, that you don't, they don't need a lot of excuses to fucking and maybe, you know, sit you, know, you down. 35, when he was coming in in the college, it was legal. You know? <laughs> it could have oh, been. Oh, that was the great point they made. Point. Is this, this guy came into the league in 2010 when there was still a jacked up session. Um, yeah. You know, NFL Countdown had jacked up back in 2010. That, that was wow. the ethos, you know. But that was also 13 fucking years ago, 13, 14 years ago. Um, so it's we're just in a different NFL now. And uh, Kareem Jackson is an old is an old head. Um, and he's he's looking to knock some sense into these young bucks coming over the middle. Uh, and he's done a good job. I mean, he's been a good defensive playmaker for a number of years. But the way the game is changing... Um, is, has caught up with him this year, and uh, he'll miss four games. Four games for player safety. That's crazy. That is, yeah. Um, so what this means moving forward is uh, Packers slip to a two and four. They are going back home to get my Vikings. It's all, it's all my Vikings. It's we. And when after they have a good primetime game, it's us and we and this and, and like, I took the snaps. Um, Vikings at Packers, Dan, is the game on a Sunday. What are you thinking? Packers need it bad, but, man, the Vikings are on a bit of a roll. They've been looking pretty good, man. I'm, I'm going to take these Vikings. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride the Yaller horn and, we, uh, and see if we can keep it going. We beat the Niners team, but, I mean, previously we snuck by a Bears team. So I don't know how looking pretty good. No, I mean, I want to get behind them too. I think the one thing I didn't say about that Packers game is I wasn't that impressed with Love. I thought he started off strong. He had good stats to start, but that's the scripted stuff, and I think that's the coach stuff. When it came time to play catch-up, they were down by two scores. That was a problem. And the Vikings showed that they could technically do that now on offense. They could put up some points. So as long as they can get going again like they did on offense, I think they have a defense that very much benefits this young quarterback, throwing a bunch of different guys, blitzing or jumping back at him. I mean, that's that's the defense now is uh, nine people line up at the line, and we're bringing three. We're bringing five. We're bringing eight. We're bringing all nine. You know, that's what the Vikings do now on defense is what I've realized. And that's going to screw with Love's head, I think. So I like the Vikings winning two for that reason. Um, we but it's going to be a weird one. This is also the Packers coming off a bye week into a loss against the Broncos. That's pretty fucking bad. Yep. No, they're going to be looking for... I mean, they got to save their season themselves. They're not True. holding out for a, a selling thing, draft season thing. And... You lose a home game against a division rival, it, 
there's going to be Jordan Love rumbles this week, I think. I think there already is. You, you lose this week, and it's going to be a whole lot more. And I'm not saying, I, you know, I'm not saying I relish it in any way, <laughs> my boys. Let's let's go. <laughs> let's my get boys. away from here. Let's go all the way to the other conference. Let's go all the way to the other coast. Let's talk about Chargers Chiefs, the game I got right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like one, yeah, yeah. one of the few I got right in this week. Uh, 31 to 17. Chiefs controlled this one. I thought uh, Mahomes had an amazing game. 424 yards, four touchdowns. He did have a pick. Kelsey, you know, when Mrs. Future Kelsey, you know, whatever her name <laughs> is up there. <laughs> 12 catches, though, for 179 yards and a touchdown. Um, that's the offense. I don't get how you can't just start double triple teaming them and going like anybody else go after anyone else throw it to justin ross we don't care but they couldn't and then the chiefs defense had a great game too five sacks yeah i gotta i gotta honestly lay this one on justin herbert man there were some yeah, bad fucking throws bad throws and those weren't like picks where holy shit the defensive you know defensive back just makes a hell of a play like they were just mistakes you know both of his interceptions were fucking mistakes i mean i'll i'll grant you that the second one you're pressing you know, um, you know, late in the late in the game, you're like, oh, we got to get something done. Um, but also that didn't need to happen. Like he kind of just tossed that motherfucker up there. I I worry at two and four that this is the Chargers. You know, yeah. it, it felt like this was a pretty evenly matched game through the first three quarters. And then it just felt like once he threw that interception in the middle of the third quarter, that was it it seemed like all the confidence was kind of gone from the Chargers. And the Chiefs didn't have an amazing offensive game. I mean, I know I, I know that Patrick Mahomes put up a ton of yardage, but it didn't feel like they were just dropping bombs. It just felt very slow, very methodical. Um, I felt like they didn't get as many points out of it as I, I thought they could have. I know that sounds weird, like, but if you watch this game, it never felt like the Chargers were completely out of it until the fourth quarter. They didn't, yeah. Well, they weren't putting up points in the second half. They, uh, which is, I mean, neither were the um, Chiefs, and so that you're right. It was a one-score game until they say three minutes and thirty seconds left in the fourth was when Pacheco got touchdown. But it was like that that last drive is where it was like, ah, this is gonna end it. So that's true. The game was tight. It was a back and forth. Chargers were always playing catch up. Um, or, or answer. They, they tied the thing up a couple times in the second quarter. But um, it does feel a little bit like they can't close games out, the Chargers. They're yeah. having problems completing um, the ones that they need to have in this. These, you know, to win the division, you got to beat the Chiefs on the, on the road. Um, Dan, you gave them that credit. You thought they could do it. I think they have the talent on this team, and they're growing it to do it. So if they're going to be another 9-8, and 8-9, eight, eight and nine, or bubble playoff team that's a 1-and-done or not even make it again, um, I guess they were 1-and-done last year. So the la- yep. What the last two years they've been, if they do that again, there goes head coach. I uh, can't think of his name right now. Oh, Staley. <laughs> Thank it, you. It, it's it's just one of those things like they did this to Marty Schottenheimer when he had a much better team that scored a lot more points yes. that won a lot more games. They will fucking can Brandon Staley, um, and so you don't want to blame a guy like Justin Herbert, a young quarterback and a big contract, but that's where this goes. You know they need to get the run game going. I don't know if that's Kellen Moore. Um, 
who is not the greatest offensive coordinator in the world. Obviously, it's hard to be a genius offensive coordinator. There's like three in the whole NFL. But Justin Herbert just needs to make better fucking decisions. Mm. Um, That's what it comes down to in this game because the defense did give him a chance. The defense kept this game close. I know 31 points seems like a lot, but that was after they were on the field for basically the entire second fucking half. Yeah. Um, And that's hard. That's hard to maintain your defensive integrity um, when your offense just isn't taking time off the board and uh, isn't putting up yardage. So um, we're saying the Chiefs won this. They didn't blow it out, but this is what they've been doing all year long. They've been winning, not blowing anybody out. They're They're the hottest team in the league now, six game win streak their only loss was the one to the lions where Mm -hmm. kelsey the guy who caught 179 yards and 12 catches just on sunday wasn't playing so yes the kansas city chiefs are back to being very good um and here they are doing again now they did lose uh, their linebacker bolton he dislocated his wrist does not feel sound good um he's gonna be out for two months yeah, that's a that's a big one. That's going to be surgery on the old wrist. Yeah, so you're not going to see him for a while. Uh, the Chiefs are going to Denver. So the, the uh, back-to-back divisional rivals uh, AFC West games for the Chiefs. Dan, what do you think of uh, Chiefs at Broncos? I was not impressed by the Broncos. <laughs> I, no? Yeah, it's shocking, I know. Um, I know that I picked the Chargers to beat the Chiefs because uh, division matchups get fucking weird. I know the Broncos had kind of a decent game against the Chiefs a couple weeks ago, but I just can't do it. I, I see the Chiefs winning seven in a row. Um, I know I'm going to be wrong now, um, <laughs> but at least that's what I'm, I'm picking. I'm picking the Kansas City Chiefs to beat the Denver Broncos. Hey, then let's be wrong together, yeah. I think uh, when they go to Denver, you know, and again, it's a divisional one, and the Chiefs have some, some issues here. They're not blowing anybody out, like I said, but I'm with you on thinking that they're going to be just good enough. They'll push it ahead, um, probably score, you know, one extra more drive than the Broncos in the second half. So I'm not saying blowout or anything like that, but I no, like no, the Chiefs. I don't think so. like the Chiefs on the road. Um, let's talk about the Falcons-Buccaneers game. This one was close. It was kind of a slog. There wasn't a lot of offense. Um, there was a lot of getting to the goal line for the Falcons and then just deciding <laughs> to get rid of the ball. It hurt. Um, <laughs> 16 to 13, though. Say get rid of the ball. It hurts. Yeah, it hurts. <laughs> Six. Oh God! Get it away from yeah, me! Oh man, no! Don't want it. You know, don't get too close to that pylon, Falcons. Um, that didn't matter though. Luckily enough, the two fumbles at the goal line did not cost them this game. Um, Algier had a, over 100 yards. Young Waku three field goals. Uh, but this game ten all at the half. Um, Buccaneers had you know just there was just field goals in the second half, but in the end, um, the Falcons win a road game where we were kind of questioning if Ritter could do it. So we did not pick this one either. He did not have a bad game. I will say, I know, so both of those fumbles were his fault. Yeah. Both of those fumbles were his fault. But the Buccaneers just couldn't, I mean, this is kind of the Buccaneers offense we worried about is like, yeah, Baker's throwing it a ton, but they're short passes. Like they're really not stretching the field. Like you're you know, you're not putting Mike Evans in a spot where he's going to be dangerous, and maybe he's lost a step. I don't know. But this is just not an impressive Tampa Bay team. I mean, 3-3 three and three feels very right for Tampa Bay, and somehow 4-3 and three feels right for the Falcons. This is going to be, to your point, a slog of a division. You yeah. know, the NFC South is going to be 
kind of the least dirty guy wins it at the end. I, I don't think we're going to have more than 10 wins out of a division winner in the South. We uh, did our preview stuff at the beginning of the season, and I picked the Falcons to win this uh, division, so I should, probably should have stuck with them in this game, but they have not looked good on the road. Um, thought no. Tampa could take care of this one being at home here. You know, Ritter really having a bad game. I mean, they, then the Falcons lost it at home just last week, so it looked like there was holes in this team, but um, more holes for the Buccaneers, honestly, is what I came out of this one thinking. Uh, neither team was very good moving the ball. Falcons a little injured, or were they? Uh, Bijan Robinson? Where, uh, he, Sick. Yeah, so this is an interesting thing. The NFL say they're quote-unquote looking into it, and this thing popped up, and I'm kind of interested in your thoughts, Dan. He wasn't on the... Their, their issue with it is that he wasn't on the injury report leading up to the game, and then he didn't play, but then at the end, he is in the game. Um, in my mind, the player is not you know, inactive or whatever. You can decide to play him or not play him as much as or as little as you want. I mean, I get that a star rookie or whatever, kind of questionable, but yeah, what do you think of this? This is weird. So... There's no real reason. There's no rule, right? Yeah, I mean, he wasn't injured, right? He was ill. I think that's what they said, that he wasn't on the injury report. And I so thought the, the rumor is now that it was like a migraine or whatever, which makes sense. That could come on, on and off at any time. Oh, yeah. Well, they said it's, um, he said he was feeling weird on Saturday night. Oh. You know? Which, wow. now, you can have migraines that present with aura that, you know, you kind of have like, oh, man, I'm kind of feeling shitty all day. Uh, that's a bad, th- that's a Percy Harvin level bad shit. Sure, sure. So, I don't think, if this happens again, yes, we've got a problem on our hands. If not, I would chalk this up to, hey, wasn't feeling great, it is what it is. It might be such a medical issue that they don't want to fully disclose it right now because they don't know what it is. Okay. You know, so we got to watch this. I don't remember Bijan missing any games in college because of this. Sorry, uh, well, he was a bit of a workhorse. When you say that we have a problem with it, is it that an NFL problem with uh, no like, a, a Bijan problem? Okay, health problem. To it, that means it's a health problem. Yeah. So like every once in a while, you're just allowed to feel shitty, right? Yeah. Why? But, so that's my question. Why is the NFL looking into whether or not he was an injury or not? Gambling. Okay. You know, every time something like this happens, you know, you go, well, that's odd. That's odd that, like, we didn't have any heads up and, like, it very much affects sports betting. Yeah. You know, because I'm sure there were people that were taking the over on Bijan Robinson <laughs> having 80 yards, you know. Okay. And then, okay. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, Bijan just wasn't playing at fucking all. This is um, kind of new from this season. Yeah, that makes sense. That that comes a lot clearer to me. I'm not somebody that's gambling on this stuff, so I didn't really even think of that. I'm, I'm not a gambler either, but the NFL has that's become so intermingled with gambling that it's raising a lot of concerns. And this becomes a major concern because if you're – say the the Buccaneers yep. and you're like hey we didn't know that Bijan Robinson was going to be hurt um, I don't I don't know if you change your game plan too I mean Algier is a different sort of runner so maybe you do um, but I think if he's on a probable you know if they're like hey we're listing him as probable we're listing him as questionable I don't think that changed the way you scout the game okay. does that make sense yeah you know where you're like well if you said hey Bijan Robinson if they knew Bijan Robinson was out 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 Right. You know, and 
They knew that on like fucking Thursday or Wednesday. Yeah, that's some bullshit. If as of Saturday night, you don't know whether or not he's going to put it together, but before the game, you're like, hey, it's not, he's not doing great. I, I'm fine with it. It just, then it's just gambling. It's not about competitive advantage. It's just a gambling thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's just weird. It was like, he was dressed, he was there, ready to play, he didn't, and then they all of a sudden give him one carry for three yards, and um, whatever. It, in my own minds, it didn't really make a difference. I, I don't know how much they'd even be penalized. They they won the game. All comes yeah. out in the wash for the for the Atlanta Falcons, who go on the road, I will use this as a segue, to be playing the Tennessee Titans. Um, we got a look here last week at a couple of... Um, alternate uniforms with the throwback Eagles one and um, there was oh the Indy Knights we'll get to that um, we get this week this Falcons and Titans we get the Houston Oilers uniforms they're back for yeah, this but... one it's Atlanta Falcons at Tennessee Titans versus the Oilers and then on Taylor Luan's podcast it was said and I don't know it's just Taylor Luan's podcast that this could be a Will Levis start ooh very interesting so um, that's sitting yeah. out there. Yeah, Malik Willis not uh, not exactly like lighting the world on fire right. every time he he gets out there. So I get it. I mean, um, I said it last I, week. I didn't get why we haven't seen him if um, Falcons or if uh, Tannehill's out. You know, I I get it. I mean, Willis has been in the system for two years. You know, this is his second year in the system. Right. Um, you're still looking at Levis as a rookie because he's legitimately a rookie. You also want to know what you have for Malik Willis because if it's anything, you know, there's a potential trade package even though you like Will Levis better. Um, I think this is a great opportunity after a bye week for him to make a start. Um, You know, you're basically spending two weeks preparing for a team that is maybe not a killer of men in uh, (laughs) in these Atlanta Falcons. I think it's a great time. Uh, for him to make an appearance. That being said, I don't think he wins this game. <laughs> um, I still think this is probably, even though they're on the road, a Falcons win uh, against the Titans. I like the Titans' defense, but if you're starting Malik Willis or Will Levis, I'm going to go Falcons. Yeah, Titans off a, off a bye at home um, in those sweet uniforms in the baby blues, but, man, you can't... Uh, uh, rookie's first start and, and everything that they're going to be up against. Uh, I like the way Atlanta will play against them, so I'm picking Falcons in that one, too. I'm with you on that. I think it is one of the tighter games of the weekend, though. So I can see the uh, the Titans showing up there. I think it's... You know, I don't know how much I believe the Falcons yet. I believe they might be the best in that division, but that's that division. Um, and they then announced that if, uh, if yes. Tannehill can't play... Levis and Willis will both play, which is a fucking nightmare situation. Of course they will, yeah. Of course that's how they explain that. Um, That's coach for you. Um, All right, one more game before the break. Let's throw in Bills-Patriots because this was a great game. 25-29 Patriots won it. Did we pick that, Dan? No, sir, we did not. (laughs) We did not. Uh, Josh Allen had a a rough one. He did have two touchdowns and ran one in, but he had an interception. Um, the younger Cook had over 100 yards. Ryland had three field goals for the Patriots. And Mac Jones maybe had one of his better uh, games of his career. Patriots with a 13-3 lead at the half. All of a sudden, they were looking good. Uh, but um, all of a sudden, well, a 10-22 lead. Patriots with seven and a half left in this game about. Felt like it was going to be Patriots. 
Um, but then Diggs with the amazing slide, get up back up before anyone touches him touchdown. Um, that he's doing that at his, like he's oh, what, 31 or something now. It's amazing. Yeah. Not a young man anymore. Still like keeps himself at that, like almost top five wide receiver level in the league with those plays. Um, was amazing. And then the porn fumble was like, oh my God, the Patriots are handing this thing right back over to the bills. And they almost did. Bills took the lead. Hey, I hand hats off to an amazing go-ahead drive by the Patriots. They score that touchdown with 12 seconds left. It's crazy to think that the Bills didn't take enough time off the clock uh, when they scored. <laughs> They've done that, it before, uh, haven't they? Not? That's just so fucking crazy to me. I was I was watching this game, um, you know, kind of through red zone options, yeah. and I was like, I was like, oh, good. The Bills are the Bills have come back. Everything is right with the world, and then. Fucking, you boy, Mac Jones just going out there absolutely orchestrating a drive. No one said and, he was my and that's boy. All it was, he's <laughs> but yeah, he was just absolutely orchestrating a drive. It was it was tremendous, um, and you could tell they were not only sure they were going to score, they were actually getting to the point where they were draining uh, time off the clock, and then it ends in a Mike Gesicki touchdown. So like, yeah. I think even if Gesicki doesn't get that, they probably just run the ball one more time just to get it into a situation where they can, you know, pass this thing. But yeah, truly amazing that the Patriots came back. A 2 and 5 Patriots team, you got to feel so much better than than what you thought you were going to be, which was 1 and 6. Yeah. Uh and Bill Belichick gets his 300th win uh against a team that I feel like he has 100 wins against yeah. in the Buffalo Bills. It felt yeah, maybe it was like he was waiting for the Bills lineup to get it or something. It yeah. felt like it once they said that I was like, "Oh, at 300." Um, yeah, he's like, no, I'll hold off. He's it, like, no, we got to lose these next couple. I'm taking it out on the Bills. Ridiculous stat, though. 300 wins. Congrats to the Belichick. Um, Truly. It felt, it, even when they were starting that drive at the end for the Patriots, it was like, well, they'll get in field goal range and they'll send this to overtime. That's the Patriots' way is another yeah. field goal. So all credit that they got all the way up there and got that touchdown. I know they were at home, et cetera, et cetera, but <clears throat> I thought the Bills were ready to, to, to really put – um, you know, the rubber to the road this season, but ugh, not anymore. Now it's like the no. Bills are are uh, falling apart. They're going to be just good at best, and yeah. the really good teams are probably going to be able to take care of them because they can't string together the great wins in a row. Um, maybe you catch fire throughout the playoffs and just go. But it almost feels like they're going to need a big trade here at the deadline or something to to light them. And I think it's got to be defensive. I mean, I do losing too. a guy With, like Matt Milano, yeah. you, you've got to replace that. You've got to get a solid quality linebacker. Because you can tell a guy like Mac Jones is not is not supposed to be sitting back there carving you up. Right. You know, you've got to have playmaking linebackers. Um, which they had, and then Milano goes down, and you're like, okay, we're, we're kind of weak up the center. They couldn't get any fucking rush because uh, they got no central rush on Mac Jones, so if you can't push his pocket, he just stays in there. He's not scrambling around. You're, you know, those edge rushes are just getting right past him. Um, and if that's the case, you go, hey, they're not getting any pressure up the middle. Just fucking you know, sit our quarterback, just let him jugs machine this whole thing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that's a... That's a really bad sign for the Bills. So yeah, they they definitely should be buyers at the at the deadline because the Dolphins haven't put a stranglehold in this division either. Right. So you know it it definitely doesn't feel like the Patriots are going to make a run. 
But yeah, this this is going to go Bills Dolphins, and the Bills have more holes than the Dolphins do. Um, Bills get a sh- well short week to to wipe all of these losses recently away. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are coming to town. It is Buccaneers at Bills this Thursday night. That's our game for Thursday night, everybody. Uh, Dan, Buccaneers-Bills, what are you taking with this alliteration matchup? I can't fire the cannons this week. Mm-hmm. It's I know it's a short week, and the Buccaneers don't feel like um, they're very good, and it feels like the Bills are kind of desperate. So, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Bills at home. I hope we have a Josh Allen revenge game, and it, it gets real impressive. Yeah, I mean, on paper, the Bills have much more talent. You're at home, short week, crowd mm-hmm. you know, go, going crazy. I don't feel like there's going to be a lot of Tampa fans making that trip for a Thursday game in late October in no. n- northern New York. So, Especially with all the strip club specials on Thursday down at Moan's Venus. <laughs> Are they not a lot of strip clubs in Buffalo, New York? Just I don't not, think there I don't are think a lot of strip the talent clubs that you'd get in Tampa. Really. Oh yeah, they're definitely not. It's a like, different class. Listen, if you're a stripper, clientele. if you're a stripper and you're trying to listen, you're going to be absorbing some buffalo evenings, some wintry buffalo evenings. There's going to be a bit more thickness than if you uh, just get to go sun yourself on South Beach, and that might be your cup of tea. Some bigger might laps to to get some more action down on. Yeah, yeah those <laughs> poles are bending there in Buffalo. That's that's. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I I think if you're going to uh, frequent any any establishment, just get down there to Tampa Bay. <laughs> um, on those fun notes, um, let's take a break. Let's take a break, and um, and I got a, some f- uh, uh, I got a fun thing for the break because um, riding is high, and if it works for Kirko Chains, let's see if it can take us higher. We'll return. This is the push off. Okay, let's just do it. We're back now. Um, return. We're returned from the break. <laughs> I I looked up some Buffalo, New York strip clubs just to see, like, just to get a tenor of uh, of the clientele up there. And the the number one rated strip club, according to Yelp, is a place called the Sundowner. 
Uh, so not a real peppy establishment. And the number one, uh, <laughs> the number one review as by Yelp was from Eric H from Old Toronto, who said, "I love coming here and giving motorboats to all the well-endowed women. <laughs> it costs me an arm and a leg, but what a story to tell my wife when I get home about where the grocery money went." Phenomenal, Eric H. That's Phenomenal. a good sport. That's a good relationship with the wife. Yeah. Oh, Eric. What will we eat this week? Uh, <laughs> Stop ramen again. <laughs> Eric will be eating cleavage. Uh, it, hey, folks, on that note, it's time for the quickest uh, highlights you can get on this podcast. Yes, it is the two-minute no offense. Because no offense, uh, this is even shorter than a strip club lap dance song, uh, <laughs> but we get probably you know more bang for your buck. So on that note, we got uh, just three here to, to run through because we had a good week. It's true. Hit it. Uh, yeah, here we go. Hey, the Bears are in here winning, uh, beating up on the Raiders with a backup. It was the backup QB battle, but give it for St- for Bajent. 30 to 12, Bears. Yeah, I will tell you, Tyson Bajent actually looked pretty good. Um, looked like the offense was humming with old Tyson Bajan. Uh, yeah, I mean, once you're in a situation where Brian Hoyer is your primary and Aiden O'Connell is coming in in relief, mm. not not great. Um, yeah, I I don't think Bajan like got himself the starting job when Fields gets healthy. But uh, yeah, an interesting prospect to to kind of sit back there. Yeah, uh, fun afternoon for Bears. Foreman, two touchdowns. Johnson, two interceptions. All Bears all afternoon. Mm-hmm. Like all Ravens all afternoon beating up on the Ooh. Lions. Uh, this one we should be talking a lot about, but gave us really nothing to other than the Ravens got everything they wanted. They were up 28 nothing at half, and they dominated this one. Yeah, they really just bodied the fucking Lions, too. That was like they outworked them. They out-fucking blocked them. It. This was a wake-up call if you're a if you're a Lions fan of like oh right the cream of the crop in the AFC is still really really fucking good yeah um, yeah Lions did not even look competitive in this game it wasn't like mistakes they just looked a different class of club it didn't get off the plane um, this no. was the first home game for the Ravens in a month getting back Jesus. to the, to Baltimore here so they they felt it and they liked it and then the Seahawks beating up on those Cardinals at home twenty to ten. They're up 14 to 10 at the half. Cardinals try to hang in there, but Seahawks took care of business in, in a yeah, fine one. Yeah, didn't learn much. We talked about this. You know, uh, there's not there's not a lot of hope there in the Cardinals. I know this is a division game, so it's always going to be close, but Geno looked good. Kenneth Walker Jr. looking good. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigba, finally, finally. Uh, coming around this year. He's looking good. Ooh, there we go. Dan, did we pick that one, though? <clears throat> yeah. That Seahawks Cardinals one, did we pick that one? Didn't we? Or yes, did you? we did. That okay, one we good. finally God. picked correct. I was like, there, I didn't pick the fucking Cardinals. <laughs> I was trying to set you up with that one. Yes, we did not get the Bears one. We did not get the Ravens no. one. But yes, no. we did get the Seahawks one at least. Jeez. So, yeah, the only ones you and me co- collectively picked right were the Seahawks and Jaguars this week. Unbelievable. <laughs> Yikes. Um, let's get that out of our uh, system with some picks for next week. Let's get this better. So yes. I want to start with Texans-Panthers. This is both teams off a bye, and pick number one versus pick number two. It's the rookie and battle, three. boys. And three. And three. <laughs> uh, Texans-Panthers, Dan, what do you think? 
Uh, Texans have looked good, man. Panthers have looked really moribund. They've got to be a seller here. I would not be shocked completely to see a couple more Panthers not be Panthers by game time. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, trade deadline is in the middle of this week or next week? Next I week, right? I think it's next week. Yeah, I think it's in November. Um, I There's an outside chance, outside chance, that the Panthers coming off a of bye at home make this their first win of the season. We, they saw all those other teams getting Ooh. getting wins and stuff like that. Um, this is a Houston team that, you know, they, they don't see them a lot. This is a wild one. Anything could happen. Um, neither of these teams know each other very well. Brand new coaching staffs. They're changing up teams. So uh, that's what I'm trying to say is anything could happen. I think the te- I, I like the Texans. Yeah. The Texans. <laughs> like, but who are you picking? I'm not picking the Panthers, but I, I like. No, I, 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 I'll take the Texans. All right. I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, the Texans are yeah. not a great team, right? You know, they yeah, leave some is, things. This is there. one of the few opportunities the Panthers have of like kind of putting one together here. So yeah, if you're a Panthers fan, you might have hope this week. You might have a little like, hey, let's see what what we can do. Another rookie QB. How all wrong were we in our pick? Um, so I will steal a little bit of. Uh, Still a little bit of Panthers energy here. Because uh, though you may mm-hmm. walk away from this with a win, uh, your probably best bet is, I know they're spunky, but the Indianapolis Colts, then the Chicago Bears. So it feels like this is going to be, maybe they stay a loser until they face the Bears. Okay. Uh, and then the Bears are like, ah, eh, fuck it. Let's lose this one so we have the number one and number two pick <laughs> moving forward. <laughs> well, we're both taking the, the Texans in that one. How about... Ravens at Cardinals. Oh, God. I mean, we just saw the Ravens do to the Lions what... Uh, shit, the Lions beat the fucking Chiefs. I mean, they're a really good team, and the Baltimore Ravens kicked the shit out of them. I, I, I'm not picking against the Ravens for the next couple weeks. Yeah, Ravens look very good. Um, you know, they got to go across country, but it's a late start. They can be ready for this one, I think. And if that offense plays anywhere near how they did against Ooh. the Lions, they'll take care of the Cardinals pretty well. I like the Ravens, too. Let's do some primetime games. Uh, the Chicago Bears on Sunday Night Football going to L.A. playing the Chargers. Chargers get off the snide here, man. They've got to. If you lose to the Bears, I, I don't know if Staley survives the weekend. Um, Yeah, I don't think we see Fields this week. I think it's Bajent again, uh, and now him on the road. Where, you know, I don't think it's a raucous Chargers crowd in any means, but no. it's also a Play, you know, I think it's a it's prime time under the lights. It's a lot of attention on on the kids. So, yeah, I don't think he strings it together two weeks in a row. So I get the Chargers no, as well. Monday night football is the Raiders going to Detroit to play the Lions. Here's another uh, um, alternate uh, jersey and helmet uh, warning for everybody: the Detroit Lions. We're gonna see those those new helmets. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll have a nice little, uh, nice little win to celebrate with those new helmets. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I love those helmets. I know they got the racing stripe. That's kind of cool if you're into cars, but uh, yeah, not. Uh, well, it not comes my with, favorite choice. It comes with those all gray uniforms, which I don't like. And they're playing, yeah. you know, against the Raiders, who will probably also be wearing a silver gray type color a lot. So it's weird, yeah, but confusing. choice. But anyway, no, I mean, I, I want to see the helmets. That's fine. But anyways, I like the Lions at home too against yeah. the Raiders team that I don't think. Are as good as their three and four record. That's uh, I, f- I agree with you. Yeah, I, I no. feel like they are a two win team. It's who they played. Uh, I really believe that. So I like the uh, Lions too. 
All right, let's talk about a game that I almost put as uh, game of the week, and we're only getting to it now. The yeah. Cleveland Browns, 39. The Indianapolis Colts, 38. This was the other one I got on Dan, um, and I don't know if it was warranted. We'll get to it. Oh, no. Wild game that everybody, if you were watching games on Sunday afternoon, really got to see the end of because for whatever reason, I guess the scoring, it didn't finish for like five minutes after everything else did. Uh, game time, not uh, not real time, five minutes. Um, Deshaun Watson started this game. He did not finish this game. That's a story too. This game had everything. It had everything. Um, Hopkins kicked four field goals, three of them over 50 yards. Miles Garrett should get um, defensive player of the week coming up, I'm oh assuming. Oh, my God. <laughs> Game wrecker. He's doing that stuff that Aaron Donald did for years. He uh, had two sacks in this game, two forced fumbles, blocked a field goal for good measure. Amazing game for him. And then on the other side, Minshew had a good game where he's running in touchdowns and throwing touchdowns and getting Taylor going finally. And the rookie Josh Downs, who we talked about in our early uh, previews of rookies and stuff, a 27-21 to 21 Browns lead at the half. Five lead changes in the second half, four of them in the fourth quarter alone. All right, this game was uh, 33 to 38 Colts. Walker fumbles. That one's called back. That one was already very questionable. Um, Then the PI in the end zone. (laughs) Still uh, fourth and goal coming to it. And then they run it in with the hunt uh, one. Oh yeah, the PI in the end zone was the really high one. That's very questionable. <sighs> yeah, um, absolute bullshit. Absolute bullshit. Yeah. So there we go. That's how this game ends. Because then they run it in on a fourth and goal. Run the ball in on Hunt for a touchdown. Yeah, this should not have been. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if they don't. <sighs> the, the, the that's that's the hard thing is like yeah. I, it was it was third and four right it's third and four i i don't think there was illegal contact i really don't i i the think illegal this contact been was fucking, so yeah it was so light and it was initiated by uh cooper he kind of he kind of was running his route cooper. and he ran into him there yeah i mean that one was the not as egregious as the next one the uh, pass over there, he was holding him, but I believe the uncatchable. I mean, how high can you expect? Was it Peoples Jones there? I think maybe to make yeah, that catch and bring it in. I I honestly think as bad as that was, that's the thing that ended the game to me, yeah. right? The thing that made it was that was that penalty that because you get a fresh new set of downs at the eight, right? I, that moved the ball seven yards closer, yes, but it was already first down. It was first and goal. <laughs> Still you took know? the fourth and goal for them to punch it. <sighs> Still I know. Did. And so that's why it feels like if, if that third and four had just failed, I know it's fourth and four, maybe they get it, but I think they're probably running out of time at that point. You know, And I don't, I don't think the Browns win it without those two bad calls at the end. Yeah. No, I, I don't either. I think that's how it was set up there. But again... It could have gone any way. We talk about the lead changes and stuff. It just kind of came down to when this game finally came to an end, who was ahead. And yeah. that's what we saw in this one. It was like da, 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 back and forth. I don't think the Browns' defense are you know, giving up the Colts 38 points this bad. I just think there was a couple 
miscommunications break down Josh Jones Josh Downs is running free on the sidelines plays um you know Miles Garrett's looking around being like do I have to do this all yeah. my fucking self? Because he like, can almost. So I, honestly, he's he had like the <clears> game <throat> of his life yeah. defensively, and they still they still let up thirty eight points. I like Miles Garrett's got to be looking around, being like, "It smells like bitch in here. What is going on? <laughs> like fucking get it together, guys." Given that I know with you picking the Colts, me picking the Browns in this one, and neither of us really having a lot of water to stake in this. Uh, probably a, 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 a frustrating one that didn't mean much for you. This then and me being like, man, Browns stole that. That's what I felt. Um, I was honestly just, though the yeah. I mean, I I'm a uh, I'm a Jonathan Taylor fantasy owner. So oh. I was watching these. You know, uh, Gardner Minshew runs. I'm like, go oh, give it to Taylor. Yeah. What are you doing? But then he finally got 75 yards and a touchdown. So I was fine. He did all right there. Um, really, the Colts probably lost because those Indy Knights uniforms did not. Yeah, not good. <laughs> I don't know. Those numbers look tiny. It was weird. Um, but, uh, oh, and then Deshaun Watson. So this was interesting. The hit didn't look good. It looked like he got knocked no. out. It looked like he uh, lost consciousness, like slid there, like arms went limp on the, the field kind of thing. But he was on the sidelines, had his helmet, I, if it's a concussion, they don't let you keep your helmet. And then there was this after the game. Well, PJ Walker finishes this one, and then after the game, it's yeah, Deshaun Watson will play next week. Like not even protocol, nothing. Like he was cleared to play in this game. I don't understand what's going on with Deshaun Watson. Mm. I I just don't. I mean. Is he looking at the amount of money that he's owed and just being like, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to play unless I'm 100%. You know, like, are we just going to get 10 snaps a game from Deshaun Watson moving forward? Yeah. You know, he gets hit really hard. He's like, ooh, I didn't like that. I'm going <laughs> to, here, I'm going to tap myself out. Yeah. PJ, get in here. Finish out these games. It's, I mean, he's not a man of great character. <laughs> I don't know if we've, I don't know if everybody's aware of this. Has not that a been high character up? guy. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's the Browns, everybody universal is like the Browns kind of fucking deserve this for trading for him. Uh, but I just, I don't know what you can do about a guy like Deshaun Watson, just deciding he doesn't want to play. It's scary. I think, uh, you know, Brown's organization in front office can, um, brush it down and, and keep it under the rug for as long as they want. But if fan wise and. Other people, I think, are kind of interested in knowing what the heck's going on. Um, it's weird to, to for you know we brought it up. I think previous weeks, uh, clear to play, clear to play, but he's he's not going to. And it's like what? Well, Deshaun knows his whatever you know, rotator cuff, whatever. You know, he's dealing through a pain thing. There's those injuries. I don't I don't disagree that there's those injuries where a player knows their pain threshold and when they can play through it, when they can't, kind of thing. But this doesn't look good where it's like entirely different injuries and, and when he does play, doesn't look good. Doesn't look good out there. That that no. throw before he got hit going out was an interception and a really bad one. Yeah, he went one for five. Yeah. Uh with an interception. Uh not exactly lighting the world on fire. This was one of the most exciting players in the NFL three years ago. Three years. You know ago. what I mean? Like that's the crazy thing, is he was one of the most exciting players in the NFL, but now he is a twenty eight year old man who seems rusty, does not have the goodwill of the fan base or the league. And I just, 
yeah, I don't, I don't know if he comes back from this, but I also don't think it matters because he's fucking loaded now. <laughs> he's got $230 million he can just sit on for the rest of his life. It's amazing. Yeah, I uh, guess so. Okay. Well, what this leads what, us I to. I mean, also, what is he going to do if he plays out of his fucking mind? What is he going to do? Get a couple endorsements? <laughs> like, fucking nobody's touching him endorsement-wise. It'd be one thing you get all this money and then you go, hey, but you could be, you know, you could, you're not going to be in fucking State Farm commercials, Deshaun. You know, so he's probably going like, hey, I want to make sure I don't get completely fucking destroyed mentally. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not 100%. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step out of the game and we're 4-2 and, and I'm going to let the defense do this. Um, weirdly enough, though, the <coughs> only thing, the only thing that would fix Deshaun Watson's reputation, you know what it is? Tell me. A Super Bowl win because everyone would forget. Right. Winning would solve. It, yeah, winning would solve. Work for lot. Ben Roethlisberger. Same division, buddy. And it's only his reputation, you're right, that it would solve. It doesn't really fix it. Yeah. His his bottom line, his pocketbook is going to remain the yeah. same due to the contract. He's going to be loaded forever. Yep. Yeah. It's big. $220 million dead cap this year. $200 million gets, dead cap just next gets year. Worse. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so what I was going to say is what this leads us to is Browns at Seahawks this week. And the Seahawks are wearing the throwbacks too. Oh, the Largent silvers and blues. Yeah, I love them. Me too. Me too. I'm excited to see him. Who you picking? I'm, I'm making a good will choice. I think the Browns defense is actually really good. I know they gave up 38 points, but I think they're really good. I'm going to go Seahawks though, because I want them to win. Oh, um, usually I would cheer for the AFC team. I get the, the goodwill thing here or whatever, but, um, I, th- I think Seahawks are a better scenario here. I have the Seahawks winning at home in those nice uniforms. I picked the Seahawks too. Ooh, fancy. Um, let's talk about the Thursday nighter. It was a while ago, but it was a pretty good game. Jaguars win it 31, Saints 24. Here's one we got right. Hooray! Um, ETN two touchdowns, car over 300 yards, touchdown interception. You got Kamara going. Uh, their kicker was three for four. Um, but the Jaguars held the lead, 17 to six at the half. With the pick six, they took a good 24 to nine lead, and they weren't kind of giving that. Up. Well, they did give that up. Saints tied this thing with six and a half bout left at 24. Um, it got uh, a little uh, worrisome if you were a Jaguars fan, you know, the, the few of you that are out there. But then <laughs> a long Kirk touchdown, uh, Christian Kirk, with just over three minutes, gave that Jaguars the go-ahead. Um, it was almost tied back up, but uh, Moreau couldn't ca- hold on to that ball in the end zone. That one was a tough drop. Yeah, I mean, I know Foster Moreau is going to catch just the most amount of shit yeah. for that. And um, yeah, and he should. He honestly should because that is a that is a terrible, terrible drop. You don't catch the ball, you catch the shit. Yeah, that's true. That's the way it goes. Um, that sequence down there was also really badly called. Um, the fact that you have two straight incomplete passes to lead this thing off, there was like no run mix, you know, and it sucks because you clearly called the right play. You know, you, you got Foster Moreau isolated on an island, dropped it right in his fucking hands, and then right out the back. And then a really bad call on a fade route to Olave to end this fucking thing. Yeah. Um, I feel like you kind of have to go back to Moreau. You, know, you have to be like, get the fuck back in there and catch this fucking next one. Um, 
But yeah, like he basically went to the sideline and was just distraught. You felt real bad for the guy. And they did all the interviews after the game. He blamed himself um, when he's not a guy that threw a fucking pick six earlier in the game. Right. He's not a guy that had a complete bullshit first half. Um, I mean, you could blame this on Derek Carr. Derek Carr in the first half was fucking trash. And the Jaguars just kind of stayed in there and, you know, you know, didn't didn't have to do much. Um yeah, he came storming back in the second half, but one drop does not a, does not a loss make. Um, you know, you feel for Foster Moreau, but yeah, this Saints team needs to figure out what the fuck is going on because they play real uneven games all game long. They do, yeah. It's weird to figure out which team's going to show up, but uh, a loss at home on a short week. I mean, we know we took tough. the Jaguars, but that one, yeah, that one's a tough one to, to take. Um, but you get more rest now. You know, you get more rest going into the next mini week. Mini-buy. Mini-buy indeed. Mm-hmm. And they didn't completely fold over when it was 24-9. to 9. They fought back. They got it tied. Um, it's not, yeah, Foster Moreau did not lose that game fully, but he no. did lose the end of it. And, unfortunately, those oh, ending yeah. plays are the biggest, uh, yeah, micros, you know, microscopes Got to take your lumps. It. That's right. So, bad one for them. But the Jaguars keeping it running. I mean, they're playing as a top-10 team here. They're, they're winning games that they should win. And... Uh, took care of their business across the seas. That's a important yeah. stretch for them. So they keep. And honestly, this up. five and two. That's yeah. what. What more did you want from the Jaguars? But being five and two, they. This is what we thought they could be if they hit on all cylinders. They're they in a great good. spot. Yeah, they're in a great spot right now. Um, leads us to pick one of our uh, more tighter games. I think for the week next week. That is the New Orleans Saints going on the road to play the Indianapolis Colts. Yes, three and four. One of these teams will merge four and four. <laughs> That's right. And, you know, not exactly a fucking slobber knocker, but I like what the Colts are doing. I like the Gardner Minshew-led Colts, who seem less erratic, strangely, than these Saints. So I'm going to pick the Colts at home um, with, I think, a better defense and a more dynamic offense. I am, too. We're sitting here picking, maybe it's because of how bad we were last week, but now we're picking a lot of things the same. But, no, I'm with you on the Colts. Just because they're at home, I I don't. And again, I don't know what the Saints are. I feel like I have seen the Colts in almost all of the games they've been in. Yeah. The Saints have two, technically, but um, there'll be whole halves where the Saints aren't involved. I don't feel that's, that's the same with the Colts, right? And the Colts should have probably won last week, even though they did. Yes, so. agreed. That's where we're at on that one. We're both taking the Colts. Um, Steelers beat the Rams in L.A. Uh, we did not pick it. <laughs> we did not pick it. 24-17. to 17. Um, Pickett ran in a touchdown, but Pickens had over 100 yards. Uh, Nakua for the Rams had over 100 yards. Maher did not have a good game, one for three in field goals. Um, this one was... To flash to the end, 17 all, early fourth quarter. The Steelers get the lead. The Rams are trying to get that ball back and a sneak at the end. Hey, look, the yellow line or whatever color it is now is not the, uh, um, you know, the. What is the what's the saying they always say? It's 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 not. That is not official. The official line that you see on the field. But if it's close then I don't know if you got it. Uh, so another questionable end to this one, but the Steelers uh, in the books have the win. Yeah, this... I have to give credit where credit is due, though. We forget that this is a Mike Tomlin coach team. Sure. You know, I was anticipating them going 3-3, three and three, but Mike Tomlin doesn't go 
three and three. Motherfucker just has winning seasons. Four and two at the Pittsburgh Steelers. They are outperforming, I think, their talent offensively, personally, at four and two. I think this team has a better record than they do talent. Um, but I feel like the Rams at three and four, that is accurate uh, for the sort of talent they're putting out there. Also, another uneven game from Matt Stafford. Like, this is the sort of Matt Stafford that. Uh, you saw in the Lions every once in a while where he would just kind of have these clunker games where he doesn't seem like he's making great fucking decisions, even though he's got weapons. Um, but, you know, you could tell that the Rams are, are missing Kyron Williams. Uh, they need a run game that is a bit more stable because, yeah, Royce Freeman and Daryl Henderson are not the fucking answer. Yeah, they're going to. Yeah, I mean, unless the Rams do some trading themselves, they're going to have to be here uh, because Kyron Williams went to IR, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah. also, I don't know if they make any moves. You're three and four. You're in salary cap hell. You True. need the picks to rebuild shit. And you know what? Are you really going to beat out the Niners and the Seahawks for a, a wild card position? I don't. I don't see that happening. So yeah, th- this was a tough loss at home. Um, I know it's an AFC matchup, but uh, Steelers. I yeah, don't know that what's going on with them either. It's kind of very interesting. Um, Twenty four points with the issues you've had on offense should be uh, feeling pretty good on the road. Um, so if the offense can play like this, put those points on there. I think the defense is usually good enough to limit from there. So like that's, that's like the magic number. I think for Steelers wins is about 24 points. And and we got to give some credit where credit is due. Um, those last two drives were great. Those last two drives did exactly what, the Steelers are supposed to do. They took time off the clock. They went 90 yards on that second and last, basically putting the putting the onus on the Rams, who then punt it and don't get it back. Yeah, I know that. Yes, there was a sneak. Uh, yeah, where they the get a first down. That. But, uh, who fucking knows, man? Who fucking knows? If I you mean, have your timeouts. You could challenge. It's like, yeah, but it was down to like you guys pulling a chain from the sidelines and sticking the chain thing. Yeah. It can't. <laughs> can't be how we keep going i don't know <laughs> yeah there's got to be we got we're going to need fucking lasers uh yes you know, we I, could i just we need sensors in the ball and fucking lasers might as well so it, it's hard because you you look at that and you go i don't know if that's i know that's not the game right it's not like a touchdown but it does keep it makes sure that you don't get the fucking ball back um I, I like the ballsy fucking decision to go for it. I like the, you know, we play to win the game shit. So, yeah, I don't think he necessarily got it, but you also are in a position where they're in your territory. Yeah. Um, running the fucking, running it right down your fucking nose. Aaron Donald's got to make a play, blow that shit up right there. Um, and it felt like he did, but it, it just wasn't enough, man. It wasn't convincing. Yeah. Can't let him get to that fourth and inches in the first place, I guess. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, let's pick through some more games. Uh, yeah. An old AFC Central matchup, Jaguars oh, and Steelers. Jaguars and Steelers, we've also seen this one in the playoffs uh, too, but who do you pick in this one in Week 8? I feel like it makes a lot more sense if the Steelers are 4-3. and three. So um, Jaguars, yeah, I think I'm, I'm picking them to go 6-2 and two and uh, keep this thing alive. They're, I think at 6-2, and two, the Jaguars feel pretty good about the AFC South. I had these picks done before. We we started this show and I'm not at a spot yet where I'm gonna be like I'm just picking to pick opposite Dan in this one so I'm picking Jaguars 
as well. Only halfway through the season. That's we right. We don't need to make up a lot of ground all, No, we don't. No, we don't. We're, we're sitting pretty even, so I'm going Jaguars as well. Uh, and now uh, we could talk about your next week Cowboys game as your boys are off the bye, and the Rams are coming to town. It is the L.A. Rams at Dallas Cowboys. We've got to have it. We've got to have this fucking thing. And so I'm going to pick that we do have it. I, I have not been impressed with the Rams, although they, you know, our weak spot is if you run the fucking ball at us. And I don't think they have the running backs to do it. So I feel like our secondary hold up against their pretty good passing attack, but I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball on us. And I think our offense is going to be able to, to keep up and outscore. Okay. That's an interesting to hear um, setup. I thought maybe, yeah, that you'd be a little worried about the passing attack that the Rams have, but I think that's all they have on offense is a passing attack. The running game is lacking, and if the Cowboys can shut down the pass then and Stafford, then I think you got this. You Coming off the bye, the Rams are the ones going on the road, and this is also an interesting, um, unique noon start for the Dallas Cowboys. Very rare. Against a team coming from the West Coast where it very much makes sense you know, competitive-wise, to put it at a late start. So it almost kind of works in the Cowboys' benefit to start this game early. Interesting. I mean, Interesting. It, it also gets a little weird on these, uh, you know, these noon games. You get that sun beating right through yeah. uh, Texas Stadium. Kind of sucks, if I'm being honest. Um, so that's what I'm like, ah, fuck, we're going to just get sh- sun shining right in the middle of a noon game. But I, I still think the Cowboys will get it done. I do too. I got your Cowboys in this one. And then finally, let's spend some time in your division in that uh, NFC East. And we're going to start with the team that is leading it, where the Eagles beat the Dolphins 31 to 17. We didn't pick it. Maybe we were wishful thinking here. <sighs> I was. That the, these Eagles and those uh, cool looking Kelly Greens weren't going to take care of business against the Dolphins. Certainly didn't think they would uh, win with such veracity that they did. Um, the Dolphins kind of played catch up through most of this. They kept it close. It was ten seventeen Eagles at the half because of them scoring right before the half again. I think. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Hertz had a pretty good game. AJ Brown had an amazing game again. Um, Tua was all right. He he hung in there. But uh, yeah, the the you know the brotherly shove works when it works every time. It's tough for that. The, do anything about that play and then the pick six in the late uh third quarter made again at 17 all wiped that thing there was a chance there for the dolphins but from that point on all eagles i felt like yeah it was it was very strange to me because that that touchdown the the interception felt like it kind of vindicated that you know bad missed face mask um yeah there is some issues with the flags in this one but i will say when you come back from a, a really bad interception, you know, the momentum is swinging entirely your way. And, you know, you're you're up 17-10. You're feeling pretty good. And then, ooh, boom, a pick six. Yeah. Ooh, now now we've got ourselves a fucking situation. Right, because it was the Dolphins that scored right before the half. Yeah, it was three seventeen Eagles early in this yeah. game. So the, the Dolphins fought back in this. Yeah, so you'd had, you know, the, the Dolphins have a pretty good drive that ends in a punt. You have a pretty shitty drive that ends in a punt. Then they march down the field on you, and you kind of get away with a penalty, and then you get the ball back. You're like, ooh, we swung momentum. That pick six felt like it had an opportunity to kind of unravel the Eagles. That's what I was rooting for. And then they put together a 10-play fucking drive to answer it. And I was like, oh, okay. 
I forgot. The Eagles are really fucking good. Yeah. Um, and at that point, you could kind of feel the game turn on the Dolphins, where they're like, oh, shit, right? It doesn't really matter because the, the Eagles can just score whenever the fuck they want. Um, you know, going down the field, scoring that touchdown – and then, you know, that pretty bad to interception. At that point, the game is over. They just marched down the field again um, and just, you know, fucking ended the game. So, God, this is yeah. – they're just a really good grinded-out fucking offense. They're just a well-built team that keeps adding good players for cheap. I haven't seen Julio Jones. Is he still alive? <laughs> I don't think he had any uh, – I don't think he, he – I think he had one reception, yeah. Okay. I didn't even know if he was even in this game. I didn't see him uh, myself. Yeah. I didn't – Good to see Julio getting a check, though. That's that's really all that matters. Um, what we got – yeah. I, th- I was surprised that uh, the Eagles controlled this one late, but um, – the, to look back, and, and I saw all the, the stuff on the, the flags, and you can nitpick a lot of games. It is weird that they got nothing against them uh, besides the offsetting one, I guess. There wasn't that talk about the offsetting flag where yeah. um, Carter slaps up the offensive lineman for the Dolphins, and then because he turns around, it's like, you know, smacks him back. It's like, oh, you're both getting it. Um, Carter's flop there, too. That one sucks. And then it was like a couple plays after that, that same offensive lineman's helmet's off, and you're like, how did his helmet go off? And you definitely see the guy's shoving his hand in his face. Oh, yeah. So A lot of missed calls that should have helped the Dolphins, but that's what, the Eagles yeah. were a better team. They, yes. they were a better team. Well, I, I know that they should have gotten a couple calls that went against them, but I still don't think that changes the outcome of the game. I don't either. I think the Eagles are a class of the, the league they could be one of the best teams in the league now, especially seeing the Niners slip uh, the yeah. last few weeks. Um, I know the Eagles lost last week too, but again, there wasn't a close one. And, and a bounce back like this against a very good Dolphins team. I think the Dolphins yeah. are still very good. I think they're going to be in the discussion in the AFC once it's all said and done. Um, because yeah, I, think, I think, yeah, I think the discussion stops on like, oh, did the penalties really affect the game? If if that turnover on downs where they missed the face mask had not immediately ended in a uh, interception return for touchdown, we might be we maybe are having a conversation. Good point, right? That's but a good point. But the fact that it immediately was wiped off the board, you go, okay, then all is all is fair in love and war. I'm really looking forward to rooting against Jalen Carter. He seems like a real piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think you might get some opportunities in the coming years uh, in games. Um, Patriots are going to the Dolphins. That's the game we can talk about here. Dolphins wearing throwbacks. We always love the Dolphins throwbacks. Yeah. Patriots and Dolphins good. though, who you pick? I got to pick the I got to pick the Dolphins, man. I I can't imagine the Dolphins are going to lose two in a row uh here. That's just tough, you know. Um and they got to win a couple division games here, man. I know Yeah, I I think I'd be very very worried if I was the Dolphins losing two going, you know, 5 and 3 it makes it harder to win this division. And especially that gives a lot of fucking energy to the New England Patriots, which you really don't want to do. So I got to pick the Dolphins here. Yeah. And uh, in Hard Rock Cafe Stadium, <laughs> I, liked, I, liked the, I liked the Dolphins as well. Um, finally, Dan, uh, Commanders-Giants. This one, kind of a yawn of a game, so we can spend as little time on it as you wish. But uh, you got it right. Giants winning it 14 to the Commanders 7. It was 14 nothing Giants at the half as the Commanders didn't show to, to play this, the first half. Uh, maybe Terod Taylor is the QB that should be playing for the New York Giants here this year as he looked all right with two touchdowns, got Barkley going with over 100 yards, and the Giants D 
good game with six touch six sacks, excuse me. So Brian Dable likes Terod Taylor. Mm. That's the thing. We gotta remember Brian Dable was Terod Taylor's offensive coordinator uh in the Buffalo Bills his first year. Okay. Right? And he likes Terod. I think his offense works better with a running quarterback like Daniel Jones. But Daniel, there's something wrong with Daniel Jones this year. Mm-hmm. So what he needs instead is a slow, steady, methodical presence there. And that's exactly what Terod was able to do in this game. The Giants' defense is pretty good. You just can't be putting it in bad situations where you're throwing bonehead interceptions or taking stupid fucking sacks. Um, that being said, I think the Sam Howell uh, experiment is is coming down to earth. Uh, and you're starting to realize why that guy was a sixth-round pick. Um, spunky. Energetic, probably not an NFL quality quarterback. He led them down there. I mean, they got the drive down there at the end for a chance. He booted out there, bought him some time. You know, it was a fourth down uh, incompletion to turnover on downs to end the game for the, the commander. So they had a chance to tie this up. But I do sure. think that's more of a speak to not a very good Giants team doing what they can. No. Um, defense really played a very good game here to keep the commanders at just one touchdown. That was That's the impressive part and the, the takeaway, I think, from this game. Um, yeah, really so, good defense by the Giants. Yeah, so the Giants take care of it there. Um, and the commanders, you're right, I think, yeah, a little bit in trouble here. Um, I didn't think they were really going to do much, even if they did uh, get lucky with Howell here. It's his first year. But um, is he the future? Now that's what they have to figure out. Um, yeah. All right, two more really games. Deflates deflates the yeah. Washington football teams, uh, the Washington Commanders' chances at the playoffs here. Four yes. and three puts them right in the throes of the wild card. Three and four really complicates things for them. Yeah, yeah. So something else to watch uh, going forward. They've got they're going back home, but they got the Eagles coming to town and an NFC East matchup. Uh, from there, they always play them tight. Who do you pick in this one, Dan? Uh, I would love, I mean, I hate both of these teams so fucking much. I'm not going to throw away a pick here. The Eagles look really good against good teams. I think they look good against bad teams. I think they beat the, I think they beat Washington. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the Eagles on the road too. You know, Washington will give it their best. It's a divisional game. It'll be fun to watch maybe, uh, probably another tight one, but I like the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And then uh, finally, um, there's no road team for this one. It's Jets Giants. Jets Giants. It's the New York battle, the battle yeah, cross jersey rivalry. Yeah. Um, they we won't just put one name in each end zone. This is technically the Giants home game this time around. But who wins it, Dan? Uh, I'm gonna pick the Jets coming off um, a fucking bye week. I think that's the difference maker. Um, and yeah, neither one of these offenses is really impressive, but I'm very impressed with the Jets' defense. I I thought the Giants' defense did okay, but the Jets' defense has been really impressive. I got to check and see is Sauce actually healthy? Because um, that's that's kind of a delineator for me. Oh, okay. I didn't realize how banged up he was for this one. It is a noon game at the start. Uh, concussion protocol. I think they'll be fine. Okay. So yeah, I'm gonna go Jets. Um, I'm with you too in the Jets. Uh, are you saying if Sauce stays out, any change? No, I think no matter what, I think the Sauce Gardner uh, 
I think if he's in there, it feels much better. I feel like it's a, a pretty big win. But even without him, I, th- I think the Jets' defense is better. Then, Dan, we're only picking one game different this week, and that's that Good Bengals Lord. 49ers game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, out of every team playing this week of 16, that is how that played out. Well, um, then, sir, I wish you 15 wins <laughs> this week. I yeah. wish you 15 picks. I think it's about time we bounce back in a very good week here. So, everybody, if you if you like betting on games, um, throw, throw some money down on the line for what we're saying this week. <laughs> um, just to show you how good we are, last week Dan was at 61 correct. I was at 59. This week Dan's at 64 correct. I was at 63. Oh, oh boy. We're going to get better this week. We're going to get better this week. I know. We have to. We have to improve. Um, I'm going to skip the quiz, Dan. I've got a lot of crazy stats, and we're running long. Um, so I'm going to run through our crazy stats. But thank you guys so much for joining us for this episode of the Push Off Podcast. Uh, we do this show once a week. We're going to come back to you after what happens week eight. And I hope I'll be just as happy as I am this week. And Dan's coming back from a nice bye himself. Nobody gets a bye this week. Your team is playing. Yeah. So... Clear your schedule on your Sunday, probably, or your Thursday, or your Monday, whatever it needs to be. Okay, crazy stats. Um, Lamar Jackson is 16-1 and versus the NFC. Wow. Maybe they don't know, like, don't know how to play him or something. Don't see him, don't know what to do, but that's, yeah. He's an alien, baby. He's an alien. Uh, You brought up Mike Tomlin. He has now won... His last seven games off of a bye week. Yeah, it's that when you're a good coach, the bye week is a big difference maker. It's the Andy Reid effect. Extra time, extra... Should have remembered. You know, putting your eyes on the the tape, I guess. Yeah, I didn't know that was a snap for him. I have to remember that for next year. Um, A.J. Brown now has 20 more receiving yards than all of the Titans wide receivers combined. What a fucking terrible trade. Why did they do that? Yeah. God damn it. And you have to just keep throwing those type of stats at the Titans when it happens. I know. Well, they fired their GM, so at this point it's just being mean to the fans. Uh, Chris, This year, Christian McCaffrey has more touchdowns than the Giants. Christian McCaffrey has more touchdowns than the Jets. He has more touchdowns yeah. than the Titans, than the Bengals, yeah. than the Steelers, than the Buccaneers. Okay, <laughs> he's got a lot of touchdowns. He's got a lot of touchdowns. Um, the 49ers... Are zero and sixteen now under Shanahan when trailing by eight or more points in the fourth quarter? That's bad. They that, should get better at that. They, they can't play catch up here at the end of games. The only team with a longer streak currently are the Carolina Panthers at forty-five games. My God, they have not had a a comeback victory uh, of sorts in the fourth quarter yet. These teams, and then um, oh, Forty ers have not won. In Minnesota since 1992, it's seven straight losses. These are the stats we needed before we picked these games. <laughs> yeah, I know. Instead of giving to you after the fact, um, like this one, there was only one player this week who rushed for over 100 yards, and that was Kenneth Walker for the yeah. Seattle Seahawks. Last time that happened, week nine of 2017. That's a long time ago. Feels like it. The game is changing. <laughs> All right. Those are all the crazy stats. That's all the games. We've picked all of them for next week. We're ready to bid adieu, but before we do, we need to do one more thing, and that is uh, Dan's parting words of wisdom. Say you're not feeling 100%. Say it's been a rough week, and you decide that you just want to take a day off. Might I suggest 
that it's a good idea to take a day off, especially if someone has guaranteed you $230 million whether you show up to work or not. Now, if you don't have $230 million, maybe take a look and uh, check your bank account before you do that. But uh, if you got $230 million in the bank, by all means, take it easy. Go get a massage or something. Ooh. Thank you guys for listening. I'm Scott. And this is Dan. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great week. Goodbye.